Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. In today's podcast, I turn a wrathful eye at a recent article published by Popular Mechanics and redistributed by the inaptly named Apple News that is the source of all manner of swill, as I'm sure many of my dear listeners are aware. I'm equally sure the editors at Popular Mechanics responsible for, quote, the eight best, most comfortable ski boots for every type of rider, published January 31st of 2022, are kind, decent folks, but they are way out of their depth when it comes to evaluating ski boots. Setting aside, for a moment, the appropriateness of any list of best ski boots, this particular list is galling in every respect. Let's start with the title. The conflation of best with most comfortable is an inauspicious beginning. Comfort is a matter of matching the right boot, in all respects, to the individual, not an a priori quality in the boot. The article's poorly defined notions of best mean nothing if the boot isn't fundamentally a strong match for the skier's foot, lower leg, and stance. How are you going to appeal to, quote, every type of rider, by the way, since when did skiers become riders, in just eight models that includes only one woman's model, which also happens to be the only model with a narrow last? Besides, for any boot to sell, it has to fit comfortably. The very premise of the title is ridiculous. It doesn't get any better at sentence one, which reads, A lot of people put a ton of thought into finding the best ski, but much less effort into finding the right ski boot. I doubt this very much. If the author spent much time fitting boots, it doesn't appear among his credentials, by the way, he would know it takes an hour to fit a boot and about five minutes of that time to sell a ski. Skiers think about skis more than they think about boots. We call the sport skiing, not booting. But when it comes to actually buying, they worry about boot selection more than ski selection. The last sentence of the first paragraph concludes, We put in the work on sub-zero mountain mornings and some gorgeously mild spring days to find the best boots for every type of skier. I applaud the fact that you actually skied the boots before recommending them, And yet there's no evidence in this article that very many boots were tested by very many skiers. Seemingly one skier, in fact. And here are his credentials for Louis Mazzanti, and I apologize, Louis, if I've mispronounced your last name. Anyway, Louis' credentials include being the test director at Popular Mechanics that oversees the brand's ski and boot testing. His bona fides are listed as a former ski instructor, there's only a few million of those, and collegiate ski racer, ditto. He lived in Rocky Mountain towns for years, scarcely a qualification of any kind I can think of. I also lived in the Rocky Mountain towns for many years, and I can't think what it qualified me for later. And he now spends several nights a week testing gear on the East Coast hard pack near the Popular Mechanics Test Zone in Easton, Pennsylvania. I'll underscore that last point. Our greatest test venue is in Eastern Pennsylvania. Things don't get much better as Louis segues to discuss what he calls styles of ski boots, by which I think he means designs, since he references front entry and rear entry as the two dominant families, which they were back in the 1980s, Louis. Thanks for keeping up with things. Uh, Rear entry really isn't a genre in the modern market, as you somewhat faintly allude to later on. It, in fact, is an anomaly of which there are very few examples, and you have chosen one of them to be on your list of top eight, so you have to mention the genre here, but the market thinks of the two different boot types as two-piece and three-piece shells. Come on, Louis, try to keep up. 
Then you go on to say that front-head reboots, which are the most common, use a series of buckles across the top of your foot and shin to close. Again, no one uses the term front-entry boots for these boots, but nice of you to come up with a term that <laughs> hasn't been used in over a decade. And then he contrasts those with rear-entry models, which are opening like a clamshell and don't transfer powers efficiently, and tries to somewhat summarize what are, in fact, two very, very different types of boots and types of skiers that probably don't belong on the same list. But then there's no real coherence to Louis's list, as we will soon discover. He also mentions a third type of boot called AT, which would be better called AT hybrid, because it is you, they are used for ski touring, as he mentioned, but they are also used for inbound skiing by most of the skiers that buy them. Then he gives a brief explanation of what a touring boot might be without getting to the point that it may have a very different boot sole on it, which is meant for touring and only touring, and he doesn't bring that up, even though boot incompatibility is the most serious issue related to styles of boots. Then Louis gets into the nitty-gritty of what to look for in a great ski boot, comparing it to shopping for car tires. He wanders into the arena of flex indices without once mentioning that the numbers are completely made up with no reference to a standard and therefore ought not to be adhered to religiously, as he seems to pretend they might be. And he cites certain ranges relative to ability. Ski flex should not be used as a way of accommodating different abilities. Ski flex is meant to accommodate an individual and their physiology and their potential as a skier. It is not a one-to-one -one connection with ability, as Mr. Louis would make it appear in this presentation. Next, Louis attacks comfort and fit noting, quote, many models come in two or three last sizes, 98 millimeters, 100 millimeters, and 102 millimeters, for example. True enough, Louis, but actually it's not many models come in two or three last, but many brands offer two or three last to a similar skier type. You might think that's quibbling, but in fact to brands it matters what's a model and what isn't a model. Louis goes on to point out that to further improve fit, Many boots come with heat-moldable liners that will conform to your feet as they warm up. Point of order, Louis, all boots come with heat-moldable liners. Doesn't care what the manufacturer says. They can all be heat-molded to your foot, period, basta, full stop. Other underfeatures to consider, Louis appropriately points out the arrival of gripwalk soles and does say that you have to make sure your bindings are compatible. But Louis doesn't say you have to make sure that all your bindings are compatible, not just the skis you're buying today, but whatever you've got in the closet. Gripwalk soles may obsolete what your older setups are mounted with. So be careful if you get a gripwalk sole to at least consider what other skis you want them to work with. They are replaceable normally with a standard alpine sole, should that become an important issue for a particular skier. Now Louis gets down to the testing process under a heading of how we choose the best ski boots. Many of our top picks came from testing we performed in Pennsylvania, Vermont, and Colorado over the past two seasons. Okay, time out, past two seasons. Can't do that. Some of the models, including the first one you're going to mention, changed significantly over the past two seasons. Gotta have apples to apples, Louie. You can't just go mixing stuff you did last year with what you did this year unless that exact model carries over, which in many instances, they do not. Other picks were based on research and evaluations of models similar to ones we've tested that performed well in other testing or that had excellent consumer reviews. 
Time out. Is this some sort of meta thing where you just look at other reviews and try to figure out what they liked, and then you're going to say that's what you liked, and you're going to look at boots that are similar to the ones you skied? The whole point of a boot test is to test the actual bloody boot. That makes a huge difference, <laughs> which only an expert of your immense skills would fail to realize. Before getting into the specifics of Louis's eight best boots, Allow me to point out that there are only four brands covered here by all of these eight great boots. That leaves most of the market uncovered. For example, you have no Lang, no Atomic, no K2, no Head, no Fisher, and no Dalbello appears anywhere in their results, which kind of smells fishy to me because if you were going to cast a wide net, let's put it this way, a competent net, it wouldn't look like these were the fish you caught when you were done. So, regardless of how speciously selected, let's look at what, in fact, Louis and whatever crew he had actually came up with. And their top boot is the Nordica Speed Machine Ski Boot. They don't say whether it's a Speed Machine 3 or not, which is absolutely fundamental and totally critical to this. Because the Nordica Speed Machine that was originally introduced several years ago, is a nice boot. It's a medium-lasted boot that fits a lot of feet. It is not a terrifically accurate fit. It is not a terrifically high-performance boot. That change with the Speed Machine 3, a change that happened only this year. But the result that's cited here begins by saying, we've been using and testing this boot for the past two seasons. Well, make up your mind which boot you did, because if it's the original speed machine, then it doesn't get this review. And it's this speed machine, then maybe it does merit it, but who can tell you've already muddied the waters completely unnecessarily? All you had to do is keep your generation straight and report on the speed machine three, and you'd have something resembling a credible report. But you toss that out the window by combining two years together that certainly did not belong together. Your additional comment at the bottom, which says, the 130 model we tested feels a bit softer than some, than some other what? 130 is an immediate inflex? I'm not so sure that's true. So heavier, stronger my riders may prefer an even stiffer model. No. Where are they going to get a stiffer model? There is no stiffer model than the 130 flex, unless you were to go to another boot. But then it wouldn't be your number one boot on your list of the best eight boots, now would it? Next is another unassailable pick, the Technica Men's Mach 1 MV, which they've added all-mountain ski boot, as though there were any other kind. And they say that there's few ski boots that offer the remarkable balance of performance and comfort as the Technica Mach 1 MV. I would agree, as long as you're the right last for that particular boot, and as long as it's adequately modifiable for any given skier. Technica makes a great boot, and this is certainly a fine example of that great boot. But with popular mechanics' sketchy methodology, how can you really be sure that it's better than any of the seven brands that you didn't bother to cover? Next, we have our first women's boot. I misspoke earlier when I said there was only one women's boot in the results. There's actually two out of the eight boots reviewed are women's boots, and this is one of them, the Rosignol Pure Pro Heat Women's Ski Boot that they say comes in four flexes. Well, that's nice, but no, not true. It only comes in one flex with the heat feature, which is the primary one that you talk about, as it should be, because that'll be the primary concern of this customer. There are potential problems with built-in heat systems, so they're not necessarily a panacea, but this is a perfectly good boot, but it's not necessarily as this 
particular review would claim the top pick for most women. It is a pick for certain women with a medium-lasted foot that are looking for the convenience of a built-in heater. The next boot on Louis's list, the Nordica Pro Machine 115, I really have no quibble with except to say that a 115 Flex is pretty stout for most women, so this is not that pertinent for a good part of the women's market. But it is the only boot in this entire lineup of eight supposed winners that is a 98mm last. So if you are a woman with a narrower foot, the Pro Machine 115 is a great boot as long as you have sufficient skill level or tend to crush any boot with a softer flex index. Good as it is, the Nordica Pro Machine 115 women's boot is hardly the only high-performance narrow-lasted women's boot in the marketplace, so you certainly could expand your field of inquiry beyond this single boot. The next boot on Louis's list is a junior boot, for heaven's sakes, a junior kid ski boot. Okay, it's a Rossi kid ski boot. Great. They make a nice kid ski boot. So do a lot of other brands. The kid ski boot market is more homogeneous than it is brand specific. If you're looking at a three buckle kids boot, you're looking at pretty much the same boot, no matter which brand you're looking at. So how they arrived at the Rossignol Hero Junior Ski Boot as being their number one boot, I have no idea, but I strongly suspect that a sincere effort to examine the entire field of junior boots was not part of popular mechanics plans. There are only three boots to go, dear listeners, so hang in there while we finish the eight best boots on the market, according to Popular Mechanics. The next is the Solomon Shift Pro 130. This is filling the AT slot that Louis referred to in his introduction. This is actually a very well-populated segment of the market. It's a hybrid sole that can take both a three-pin touring binding or a regular alpine binding. And because of the fascination with all things backcountry, there's a lot of interest in these hybrid designs. And this is a perfectly good example of one. I'm not dissing this boot. It's a fine boot for someone with a 100 millimeter lasted foot who's looking for a boot in the variety of flex ranges in which this is offered. But it is far from the only available choice for a hybrid boot. The same can't be said for Louis's next selection, the Nordica HF, which stands for hands-free, which is the only attempt on the marketplace for anything resembling a high-performance rear-entry boot, which is why Louis mentioned rear-entry boots in his intro, because he knew he was going to be covering one of the very few rear-entry boots in the marketplace. And the Nordica HF does what you want to do in a rear-entry boot, which is to facilitate ease of entry. But just because a boot solves a problem of boot entry for a wide and most likely inflexible foot, does that really make it one of the top seven alpine boots in the marketplace for an adult skier? I'm, shall I say, unconvinced. Which brings us to the last boot of the top eight boots in the marketplace, according to Louis, the Solomon S Pro 100. Now, to Louis's defense, this boot was once the most popular boot being sold in America, and I think it held that position for more than one or two years. So there are a million Solomon S Pro 100s out in the marketplace. So they're obviously a popular boot. They're an excellent fitting boot if you have the right medium lasted foot. It is not the best boot for absolutely everyone, despite its extraordinary sales history. It certainly belongs on a list of among the most popular boots in America, which many of the other boots cited by Louis certainly do not qualify for, but I'm still not sure it would necessarily be from a performance standpoint or a global everything you want a boot to do standpoint that it belongs in the list of the top eight. Maybe it would make it, maybe it wouldn't, but we're never going to know using Louis's methodology 
because he obviously hasn't invited all qualified members to the dance. This list isn't just incomplete. It is, pardon me, Louis, it's stupid. And this has no business in the public forum where people can't tell the difference between shit and shinola. You're going to come out here seeing these are the eight best boots. They're going to find one that kind of sounds like it matches up for them and say, great, where do I get it? And boy, Louie, this is where you take a swing at the piñata and you miss it completely. Because where do you send the general public to get their boots? Amazon. Now, if you're buying a rear-entry boot and you've already somewhat given up on the accuracy of fit, give it a whirl. Why not get it on Amazon? You're only screwing all the people in the public that are actually there to help you, namely specialty shop dealers. Get it online anyway. Worst idea you've ever had, Louie. And sending people to REI isn't much better. They try a hell of a lot harder than Amazon to figure out how to test their customer base, but you're not sending them to an REI store. You're sending them to REI online. You want them to buy this boot now based on your drool-thin reviews and the pathetic assertion that these are the eight best boots in the marketplace, which they are transparently not. Blatant pay-to-play acts like this stunt being pulled by popular mechanics does absolutely no service to anyone, certainly not to popular mechanics, whose reputation, I would have to say, is considerably diminished by this sort of activity, and because also what you're doing is fundamentally backwards. Don't describe to people all the different boots. They aren't going to understand the nuances which you're failing to report on. Tell them where to go find a good boot fitter, which is not what you do. You're sending them to the worst possible place to go get their boots, which is online from the biggest warehouses who could care less about how well that boot is suitable for the given skier. Lest you think there are no alternatives to the Louis of this world, let me tell you that there are. If you want to research boots before you buy, great, but go to bootfitters.com. They conduct the only scrupulous test of all men's and women's models and a range of sizes so the comparisons are valid and real and well communicated by real experts, not phonies. Most importantly, a site like bootfitters.com will steer you to a shop, which is where you need to go in order to get properly fit. Going on the internet is a fool's errand unless it is to look for a boot fitter. Remember, if you're going to remember one thing about this screed, you are not looking for a boot. You're looking for a boot fitter. You are never going to understand all the little nuances that makes one boot different from another. And clearly, Louis Mazzanti doesn't have any idea what are the little nuances that differentiate one boot from another. This is an insincere enterprise done in order to consummate a sale which should never happen. This has been Jackson Hogan. For Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.